Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is a podcast. Today, I have a guest from Canada, Tina Sequera. And Tina has actually traveled a few times in her life, and she has started a subscription box for people who either have wanderlust or who love to travel and can't right now, or just like to see little bits and pieces of all around the world. Tina, why don't you come in and talk about your history of working from home and how you got to know? Sure. Um, so um, I guess it, it kind of started um, during the pandemic well, when lockdowns first started. Um, I was about seven months pregnant and uh, I was just really shocked by how like people I knew around the world were all complaining about the same thing. Um, and they were also disappointed about canceling travel plans. And I don't mean just vacations, like fun stuff, but getting to see family members and things like that. And then it kind of got me started, started thinking about um, what I could do to help people still experience travel in like a kind of meaningful and authentic way. Um, and then I just thought of this idea for a travel subscription box. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you get to have a box with authentic items like from that country um, and you get to experience what their culture is like and their traditions and things that those people actually use and eat and stuff like that. Um, so at the time I was just like, oh, that's a cute little idea. <laughs> but then it just um, got kind of got stuck in my head and I wouldn't let go. And I started like researching, like, how do you even start a subscription box? I had no idea at all. Um, and it's a whole different business model. So that's something I had to research and learn a lot. And like I said, I was pregnant. So, you know, I was at the point where you, you can't sleep at night just because the baby's <laughs> kicking so much. So I'd be awake all night on my phone, just like making notes and lists and things like that of uh, stuff to do with this idea. Um, and then what happened is that I, I didn't realize it, but I basically ended up making um, a business plan in like, um, what is it? Like Google um, tasks or whatever, like just list form. It was just this epic list of stuff I had to do to get this company launched. Um, then my baby was born and I thought like, okay, obviously I'm going to shelve that now. Um, and like you mentioned, I'm in Canada. We get a full year off for mat leave, right? Oh, right. Um, yeah. Uh, which sounds like a blessing, but actually you end up so bored. And <laughs> with, with my first, uh, first kid, what happened is that I was incredibly bored. I thought it's going to be like this amazing one year vacation with my new baby. And I literally got a stack of like 30 books. I was like, I'm going to read so much and do all these things. And none of it happened. I was just always exhausted. And like, um, I used to work at a marketing agency, you know, juggling tons of projects all the time, working with a lot of teams and clients. And I was used to that really fast pace. And when that all stopped and you're suddenly switching over to mat leave mode, it's, uh, I don't know, it does funny things to your head. Like uh, it's, it's just hard to transition to that completely new lifestyle. Um, so I thought that, you know, like with my first child, I would just like leave all of that behind and really focus on just the baby and be exhausted all the time. But that didn't happen. Um, what I found is that in between taking care of my child, I kept coming back to this idea and working on it in little bits and pieces through the day and night. Um, and actually, it I wanted to mention that there was this one lady, I can't remember her name or her business or anything where I heard about her but I was reading this um, interview with her uh, and she she was this really successful business owner and she said she when she got the idea for her business it was kind of like me coincided coincided with the birth of her child and she would just kind of work on it on her phone and I was like I could do that like I've got mm -hmm. a phone. <laughs> um, so so that's that's really what happened I would I, I literally didn't see my my laptop for months but I just work away at it on my phone, you know, in the middle of the night when I was nursing and things like that, which sounds crazy. I don't recommend it, but that's what I ended up doing. Um, and then by about September, October, I was almost ready to launch. I ended up ordering the products that I needed and, you know, rolling out a marketing plan and launching. And um, I was pleasantly surprised that people were actually signing up. They were subscribing. Um, so I didn't just kind of 
launch and you know cross my fingers but I did uh, do a lot of research um, I surveyed people who were not friends and family because I wanted yep. unbiased opinions just made sure that there is actually like you know a, a demand for this and people were very interested um, so I did that and uh, it's been going great we just celebrated our first anniversary uh, a few days ago <laughs> um, and then just a couple of days ago um Air Canada's in-flight magazine, En Route, um, they included us in their best travel gifts of 2021, which is Yay. amazing. <laughs> That's um, great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, about a month ago, I resigned from my full-time job um, just because I really needed to put more time into this business. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a job that I really enjoyed, but it was just um, a timing issue at that point. Did you say that was a marketing firm? Uh, it, yeah, it was a content marketing agency. So okay, I worked so, in, in digital marketing there. So you have that basis or that yeah. to, to help you launch your own, because that's pretty wonderful that you were able to yeah. launch with a base already. Yeah, exactly. I have a lot of questions. Uh, first of all, why don't you tell everybody where you live in Canada? I forgot to mention. Sure. Um, I, I live just a little bit south of Montreal in Quebec. Okay. And uh, how's the weather there right now? freezing <laughs> we've got the heat cranked up in here i'm in arizona so we're still running an air conditioner this time of year um, but i'd be happy to swap <laughs> I, i'm originally from minnesota so i get it yeah. i grew up in the cold yeah. weather. <laughs> uh, and so you said a year of maternity leave but is that mm -hmm. paid um so the government pays it and you start off with um i think it's about 75 percent of your salary for a few months and then it drops down to 55%. Okay. And do most people, are they required to take the year or do most people come back sooner or how does that, um, what is the norm? You can choose what most people do take the full year. Um, and in Quebec, uh, this is kind of like special to Quebec. Um, dads also get, I think it's about five weeks just for them to use. So like mom, moms gets a certain amount of weeks or months dads get five weeks and then there's a joint parental amount of months where you can decide how you want to split it between the two of you. Interesting. The U.S. Um, still, I think we just are trying to pass like three weeks, like just trying to get something instead of. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a few um, like uh, Facebook groups for remote working um, women and moms and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And most of them are uh, in the U.S. And I should be used to it by now, but it still kind of always comes as a shock to me when I hear them talking about, um, like, you know, just returning to work with uh, their child uh, three weeks. Like, it, it just, it breaks my heart. It shouldn't be like that. I did it once, um, but it was part-time. I was, yeah. uh, the company that I worked for, I think, I'm trying to remember exactly. I feel like we got two to four weeks. Um, it comes in, it comes from different parts. Like there's PTO and there's like yeah. short term disability and stuff like that. So all yeah. in all, I could get 12 weeks total. Yeah. If I saved up my vacation time from the previous year or more. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't save up the vacation time that I'd have to return to work sooner. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that third kid that I had, my husband was in the middle of a 15 month long job hunt. And because I was working from home and because my birth went well and I was recovering faster than yeah. I had with my first kid, um, I felt comfortable working part-time at least and mm -hmm. we needed it. So, yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do, but yeah, I think mm -hmm. with, um, a lot of the desk jobs and like working for bigger corporations, they might mm -hmm. have those you know, maternity leaves in place, but yeah, not every company or business model has that built in. Yeah, exactly. Like we're super lucky here to have that. Um, especially, uh, because it's, it's a standard thing here. Um, you know, companies are super supportive about that. Um, they will hold your job for you when you return after a year. Like in my case, because of the pandemic, my job changed a lot, but mm -hmm. I still had a job to come back to. I can imagine that some skill sets would be difficult to hang on to for that year. You know, like yeah. my previous job, I was a medical transcriptionist. Yeah. And after a year, I can imagine that, you know, my vocabulary and my spelling skills would probably decline a little bit. Um, I've been yeah. out of that for three and a half years and it would be harder to go back in now. Um, let's talk a little bit about where you've been because you're not from Canada. Do you want to talk about? No. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, it's always a little bit tricky explaining this to people. So my parents are originally from India. 
um, they got married and moved to Dubai. And then that's where I was born. Um, I lived there until I was about 15 years old. Uh, then I moved to Toronto. And then from there, I've just been moving around a few different places in Ontario and Quebec. Um, and now I live in Quebec with my husband and my two kids. So before we started recording, I was like, so how many languages do you know? And she said two. So why <laughs> yeah. don't you talk about that a little bit? Because I'm sure. assuming so, that people, I'm not, I might not be the first person to ask you that. Yeah. So um, I speak English and French, Quebec French. Um, when I was little, uh, like very little, I had to learn Hindi in school. And that was really difficult for me. So um, I decided to switch to French, not knowing that it would come in handy big time later in my life. Um, right. So in <laughs> Quebec, no, in Dubai, you were learning yeah. French? Yeah. And <laughs> Arabic? Like, and Arabic um, was compulsory until about grade eight. Um, and I really enjoyed learning Arabic. I was good at it. But um, after I moved uh, away from there, I, I lost it just because I didn't have anyone to speak with uh, yeah. here. Yeah. So technically, you learned Hindi until you were five. And you learned yeah, it was about then. Arabic until eighth grade. So you still probably yeah. have quite a bit of vocabulary, just not any fluency of those. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I mean, even now, like when I hear people speaking Hindi and Arabic, it makes me feel homesick, you know, because it's it, it's like a language I haven't heard regularly. But when I mm -hmm. hear it, like there are bits and pieces that I pick up still. And then let's talk about French, because yeah. your business name has to be in French. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so because I'm in Quebec, um, by law, uh, all business names have to be uh, in French. And then all of our published materials need to be in English and French, because those are Canada's official languages. In the rest of Canada, I don't think they really care. You can just go with English. But in Quebec, it's, they really um, try to preserve the language, which I think is a great thing, too. Um, so, for example, in our boxes, we have like these booklets and postcards and all of it's in both languages, which it's a little bit tricky when I'm, we're designing it because you've got so much text in there, right? But as I mentioned, like that's why we, uh, I have a translator uh, who works with us just to make sure that all the content is properly in French. Okay. Uh, so you have the subscription box uh, business and you already have employees working with you or are they like freelancers that are working with you? Yeah, so um, I have a freelance copywriter uh, and the translator. And then I've all, a few months ago, I hired um, a VA as well. And she's been amazing to work with. And what kind of things is the VA helping with? I'm assuming this um, is all remote. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, my copywriter is in Montreal. Um, and I've worked with him previously as well. Um, my translator is in Bolivia. And my VA is in Jamaica. That's awesome. My, my translator is actually from Quebec. She just returned, uh, but she's been living in Bolivia for a few years. Okay. I was like <laughs> trying to wrap my head around this. <laughs> no, she's awesome. actually from Quebec, like just uh, maybe uh, an hour away from me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about the boxes themselves? Um, explain it as though someone doesn't know what you mean when you say subscription mm -hmm. box. I do because I've researched them. I considered yeah. um, including that as a business um, model with my previous online store. Yeah, but I scrapped it. So go ahead. Okay, sure. So basically, what happens is that you sub you sign up, right? And then every two months, we send you a box of stuff. Um, like uh, you're you're told about the destination in advance. So for example, we might say um, next month we're going to visit Turkey or Indonesia, whatever it is. And then when you get your box, it's going to be filled with stuff from that country. So uh, it's a mixture of um, food or snack items, sometimes like drink mixes. And then a few lifestyle products as well. So it could be a range of like home decor, skincare, fashion accessories, um, traditional cultural items as well. Um, and and we, we, we always look for things that are actually made in that country. We work with um, like local manufacturers, artisans, things like that. Um, and we curate that very carefully to make sure that it accurately um, reflects that country's culture. Um, and tastes we really want people to feel like um, like their best friend just traveled there and came home with a suitcase of you know goodies just for them like uh, and you know what I can show you um, I think my favorite so far was the turkey box just because everything from there is so stunning and beautiful so these are a few examples of the items we included in that box this is a little 
Turkish coffee cup. Can you describe it for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So um, it's a little porcelain cup, um, which is encased in this really intricate, ornate uh, metal casing with the little lid on top as well. Um, see here, I've got this little um, porcelain bowl. It's hand painted and handmade. Um, it features the tulip, which is Turkey's uh, national flower. Um, I've got some olive oil hand cream. And I don't know if you can see, if you can read there, but it's all in Turkish. Um, so <laughs> that's another thing our subscribers love, just seeing what these things are actually uh, items that are made there. This is a little handmade um, like purse or wallet uh, that looks like a local uh, style of rug that they make there with gold thread. Um, so these are the kinds of things that you get in the box plus the food items as well. Um, yeah, so, and plus you get like the booklet, as I mentioned, which explains what the items are and how you can use them. It explains a little bit more about the destination as well. Uh, the, the Turkish box reminds me of my time in Albania. Um, yeah. like 20 years ago, they have a lot of similar styles. Um, exactly. They still yeah. have a miniature little jewelry box type thing that reminded me yeah. of your coffee cup. Uh, so are you have you traveled to these different countries or are you reaching out to people who are willing to curate for you? Um, no, I do all of the curation myself. Um, and so far it's been a mix of countries I've been to and love and countries I've never been to either. Mm -hmm. um, I've just always loved travel. So um, because I lived in Dubai, um, it's in the desert. It gets crazy hot there. So what used to happen is that every summer, maybe about um, July, August, there was like a mass exodus from the country. Everyone would leave because it was unbearably hot and people would just go off for like a month vacation anywhere else, just not there. <laughs> Arizona is a little similar. We just went yeah. down, but yeah. yeah. Um, so, so uh, and, and it's such a central point, you know, like from there you can go to spots in Asia, to Europe and so on, other places in the Middle East. So it was just a really amazing experience for me. I was really lucky to be able to travel so, so much and so extensively when I was that young. And it's something mm -hmm. that continued all through my life. Um, and, and I really see uh, and value um, these people, you, you know, what travel gives back to you, like in terms of um, helping you to be cognizant of other cultures and accepting the, you know, differences, um, being open-minded. Um, and, and all of that is something that I try to bring to my subscribers as well in terms of uh, like one thing I really try to do is introduce them to things that they probably haven't tried before um, or haven't had the chance to try before. Um, so for example, you know, a country might be renowned for something. Sure, we'll include that, but I'll, I'll also um, make a point of including things that are not so well known outside of that place. What country are you doing next? So um, the one coming up, which we're actually shipping next week, is a special edition holiday box, which our subscribers actually requested. Um, in our private Facebook group, we ran a poll and they all requested this. So basically we're doing a box where with eight items and each one is from a different country. Um, we're looking at how people across the world celebrate um, Christmas and other holidays in different ways. Mm -hmm. um so again a mix of food and lifestyle products and then in january we're going to do russia and i'm super excited about that one is that going to be um so that's the november box and then january exactly yeah it's a bi-monthly box right how did you choose that schedule i actually can appreciate you know especially if you're trying to source materials that it might take some time especially yeah. with shipping, um yeah. and go ahead so I did that for one very specific reason. And that's because when I was setting up this business, um, I really tried intentionally to um, craft it to fit around my, my new lifestyle with young kids. Yeah. Um, before I started this business, I had another one, which was an organic skincare uh, business where I was, and that was really more of a hobby that paid for itself that I would mm -hmm. do outside of my full-time day job. Um, and that was just, you know, for fun and relaxing. And I had a little Etsy shop. Uh, and then once the kids came along, I was like, I don't have time. I can't just lock myself down in my studio for hours, you know, making perfumes and things while you guys are upstairs. So um, when my baby was born, I decided to shut down that business. Um, 
basically just liquidated all of my inventory and used that to start up my new one. Um, So I didn't take any loans or anything. I just, that's just how I started it. Um, And, and with my new business, I like, I specifically tried to figure out like, you know, how, how can I make it fit around like a crazy busy, busy schedule with, young kids where I have to be very hands-on with them all the time like I mentioned I don't have any um, family around to help me with them Um, so that's what I did and uh, you know it's uh, I I love the two month two month cycle because it gives me enough time to do everything and I'm not so stressed about you know shipping every single month maybe in in a few years from now I might switch to monthly Um, people have already been asking for that but I'm just not ready for that yet well, it gives people probably higher quality items for the same price point. Yeah. As like a monthly uh, monthly box. I can see only having to ship everything out mm-hmm. once every two months being much ide- much more ideal compared to yeah. my old way when I had a um a physical product, you know, online shop. Yeah. I was sometimes I always say the word schlepping, but I was always bringing stuff to the post office, you know, every day, every other day. Exactly. And with two little babies, it was, it was hard, like in the well, snow and yeah. cold. And- <laughs> that, that, that was me with my skincare uh, business. And I was like, this isn't sustainable anymore. Um, I was really looking for, for, um, you know, some kind of job where I could, easily do stuff on my computer or my phone <laughs> and then you know just have a few days every two months where I'm actually you know fulfilling like orders and mailing them so in terms of posting boxes I do that once every two months and it's usually done over a few days and that's it um, and that really works for me do you see your business um I guess this is kind of a personal question but do you see it growing or changing as the pandemic is kind of evening out a little yeah. bit I wouldn't say it's over but definitely mm-hmm. you know people are starting to travel again are you finding yeah. people more people are getting excited or are you getting new customers um yeah I'm still getting new customers um and when I had done my research and surveying people uh, before I launched um what I found is that a lot of people uh, especially office workers um either don't have enough time or don't have enough money and they all wish that they could travel more, but um, mm. they just don't get to travel as much as they would like to. Um, so there is still a huge demand for these kind of boxes outside of the pandemic. Well, I read your entire FAQ. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> I think I did, yeah. Um, and I noticed that you said that a lot of the items are consumable so that they don't yeah. just start to collect and collect and collect. Yeah. Items. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I've subscribed to a few other boxes in the past and um, there's some that I love and some where it was just kind of like, you know, you open the box and it's like, oh, these are cute. And then it just kind of sits on your dining table or your shelf for a while and you don't quite know what to do with them it's like mm, and you feel bad to throw it out because you've spent money on it (laughs) but it's just cluttering up the place um so I really really wanted to find things that people are actually going to use so um just the Turkish examples that I showed you here where you've got the coffee cup and people are actually using that in their kitchens you've got the olive oil hand cream that you can just slip into your purse or the little um, wallet and things like that um, and usually about four items per box are snack items as well. So mm-hmm. people are eating that. Um, so that was just like a personal preference of mine. But then I found out that a lot of other people share the same view. Oh, yeah, of course. Especially if you are going to subscribe long term, mm-hmm. hoping that people do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and that's what people uh, tell me as well. Uh, just feedback from uh, our current customers saying that they really appreciate that the items are useful and consumable. And you said specifically, there's not like any I heart New York check glasses. I thought that was cute. Yeah, definitely none of the tacky souvenirs. (laughs) Can you give an example of some of the, like the secret things that you have found or like the, the, I don't know, like the hidden gems that each country might provide that might not just be the first thing that someone thinks of like when I go to Switzerland I think chocolate but what other things okay um so we did one box on Provence in France which is like in the south of France 
Um, so for that one, I think most people just imagine lavender, like fields and fields of lavender. And when you ask a lot of people, like, what else do you know about it? And they don't really know a whole bunch of it. They might say like castles and that's a bit of a wild guess. Um, so for example, um, one item we included was um, this kind of candy called calisson. It's made from candied melon and almonds and it's got like a bit of frosting glaze on top. It's, it's heaven. It's so amazing. It's like not super sweet, um, but it's really fun. Um, another thing we had was this pack of olives um, and that was, it's called pistu, which is a little bit similar to pesto, um, but it's like their own twist on it and they make it in the specific way, uh, but they make olives marinated in that. Um, and they were so good. Like people kept asking me for more packs of the olives after they got the boxes. <laughs> um, Limited run. Yeah. And again, with the olives, they've got like hu huge masses of uh, olive tree groves there. Um, so we had like um, this little spreader, like for, you know, savory spreads and so on, made from olive wood. It's handmade from the olive wood. Um, but they would, they made it from trees that have already died, I think. And normally that wood would just be discarded, but they save the wood and use it for this. Um, so, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So little things like that, um, like for the Turkish box, if you ask people to name a Turkish treat or snack, what are they going to say? Turkish delight. Um, so yeah, we gave people that because, you know, people would probably complain if they got a Turkish <laughs> box with a Turkish delight. <laughs> um, of course. Yeah, but we also included another treat, a sweet treat called pismanye, um, which is similar to candy, cotton candy, uh, but it's made from, um, what is it, like roasted flour and spun sugar. Um, it's, it's delicious. It melts on your mouth. It tastes completely different from cotton candy. Uh, it's so good. Um, we also had, um, what was the other one? Um, we had Turkish coffee. Um salad i have had that Woo. salad or the turkish coffee the turkish coffee yeah <laughs> yeah we we had that but salad is this really um comforting drink made from like the tubes of orchids like orchid flowers so they oh, grind yeah. that into a powder and like uh when you when you mix it with like hot milk or water it actually gets kind of thick um it's, it's amazing it's like something you drink in winter um yeah, so, so these are the kinds of things that a lot of people outside of the country might not know about. And that's what we try to bring to our subscribers to help them learn more about it. Can you talk a little bit about the packet that you include? Like, is it black and white color? How many pages? Yeah, sure. Um, you know what? How about if I show you one of them? All right. So it's an eight page booklet full color. Um, so we usually have like a little intro page. We've got um, a section about uh, places to, to visit, like highlights to see in the destination, um, an explanation of the product. Um, so it tells you a little bit about like maybe the history of the product or how it's used locally and so on. Um, we usually sometimes have a bonus item for people in our Facebook group. Um, and then the last page is usually um, how to experience that destination through popular arts and culture. So for example, books, movies, music, um, and that, so it's kind of like helping you to see and hear and feel that destination without actually going there. I think that that pamphlet or booklet is a unique and probably really valuable resource just in and of itself. Yeah. Um, our, so we, we have that plus a, a postcard of each destination as well. Um, and sometimes when I run a poll or just ask for feedback um, with our customers, I expected them to say like, yeah, you know, I just throw it out with the box or something like that. But no, I was really surprised. People were saying, um, I collect all of your postcards and they're up on my fridge or up in front of my uh, computer. And I look at them often. And, you know, when I feel like uh, feel a bit of wanderlust and um, one lady, she's so sweet. She said, I collect all of the booklets and keep it next to my bed. And every once in a while, I go back and read through all of them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, it probably <laughs> makes people like yearn for visiting these places. And exactly. That, you um, know, in the future, it might influence like where they might go. That's exactly. And that's something I, I don't know, I just never expected or didn't think about. But for example, um, in a lot of cases, after people have received their boxes and had time to check out all of the things, what they report back to us is, that's the next place on my, you know, my destination wish list, my travel wish list. And I never 
thought that um, what I'm doing could change people's opinions about travel, but that's what's happening. And that makes me really excited and happy. Well, you mentioned France and um, and French, of course, but yeah. I think that when people think about traveling, a lot of people just say, oh, I just want to see the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And you're like broadening their hor- horizons. Exactly. Yeah. Like um, I really want to break down um, cliches uh, about uh, destinations and different cultures. And I bet it makes you want to travel more too. Absolutely. Oh, I've been itching to travel during the pandemic. And Canada has been, uh, the border was closed. It was, it was quite closed for a while, right? Where are you guys at right now? Um, So right now they're like slowly reopening borders. I'm starting to read about like people coming in, but um, you know, like obviously still have to be like vaccinated and everything like that. So uh, opening borders cautiously. And traveling with little kiddos, um, we haven't tried it yet. Um, we yeah. haven't traveled internationally. My husband actually hasn't ever left the country. I have quite a few times, um, yeah. but before we met. Yeah. So it's making me think, you know, my youngest is now six. And so, yeah. you know, they are of an age where they would remember. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, life changing, I think, for everybody to, yeah. to get to experience that. My husband is going to start earning um, sabbaticals every few years. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah. But I think we've got like a wedding and two graduations yeah. and this summer is going to probably just be like traveling to see family, you know, in the States yeah. locally, but like 30 mm-hmm. hours from here kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the future, I, this my dream is to be like, I want to bring them back to Switzerland and some of the places exactly. I've been, yeah. um, you know, to see the mountains that I've seen and also to experience new things that, you know, together that we've, none of us have ever yeah. had to experience. Right. I've never been to China. Uh, I've never been to, you know, anywhere in the Far East. So I hope to. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I mean, just because you were mentioning um, like traveling with young kids, like this past summer, we actually got a small camper and because we didn't feel comfortable, like obviously we didn't want to travel um, on a plane. So, you know, we just got a camper and did like a kind of uh, holiday with kids not too far away from here. Nice. Um, But the cool thing is that because my business is, uh it's I work from home but it's also I've set it up to be a very remote kind of business so what I did is that I prepped in advance assigned tasks to my VA um and then while I was on holiday I had my laptop with me but once in a while I just kind of check in with her see if she had any questions but otherwise it was just like rolling along on its own and that just made me really happy that I'm at a point where I can actually do that Will you be physically assembling your subscription boxes yourself? Or is that something that eventually you might outsource to say like a dropship company? Yeah. So right now I do it by myself (laughs) and try to get maybe my husband or someone else to help me. Um, But yeah, definitely as it grows more, um, I'll have to look into getting like a fulfillment company or something. I'm just a little bit, um, I guess, a bit wary about that because as you go down that route you encounter like quality control issues and things like that mm-hmm. and I just want to be very careful you know about uh, still providing a high quality product for everyone yeah of course and I ran into that a little bit when I was uh looking at my options when I had um my online store because it was lots yeah. of pieces from different companies that I was assembling into one unit yeah it was kind of like a one-stop shop for, mm-hmm. you know, lots of different things. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't as easy as just having a dropship, a dropship company be able to fulfill because they would have had yeah. to have every of every of the moving parts. Exactly. In place. Yeah. And it would have been more cost for me, I think, to ship. Um, I don't know. It was, it was hard to, to figure out that, you know, strategy, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'd say as you grow, that would be something to, to consider. Exactly. And maybe yeah. even just to have someone to help you on site. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen other subscription box companies that are in the tens of thousands and they still do it themselves. I mean, they have an entire team. They've got like a warehouse facility, yeah. and, but they, they do it all in-house. So mm-hmm. I'm open to that option as well. Um, if, you know, if it comes down to an issue of quality control. I can see on the video that you've got a little yeah. stack of boxes behind you. Is that <laughs> size? Are they all the same uniform or do they vary in size? Yeah, they're, they're all the same size for now. Yeah. And uh, where are you storing all of your inventory? How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> These pretty curtains hide all of the craziness. Um, so right now I'm in my office. Um, I've got basically we install like a huge racking unit here. 
and that's where I've got like you know products I've got shelving up above this desk up here really wow you you can't see all the boxes stacked up nice that's actually (laughs) really brilliant (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you have big shelving units but you've covered them with pretty curtains and so for all I knew that was just windows right yeah exactly because I'm on a lot of uh, zoom calls so apart from this business I also have a part-time job um, working in digital project management for a company in the UK. Um, So yeah, so I'm on a lot of Zoom calls sometimes. About how many hours a week are you doing of each your subscription box company and this part-time job you just mentioned? So part-time work, um, it's usually maybe about 15, like a max of 15 hours a week. I guess during busy times, maybe 20, but like usually about that much. And then the rest for uh, my business, so why? But I also work in the night after my kids have gone to bed. Um, you know, if there's anything outstanding or stuff that I need to do. So it's more 50, than 40 hours. More 40, than, 50, yeah, 50, yeah. 50, 55. <laughs> now, I know that when you're starting a business, it's it's all hands on deck. Like you are putting everything Absolutely. you can into it and it's day and night. And I think it's still kind of fun. Like when you're yeah. still like, it's kind of like the honeymoon stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that eventually you'll try to, to reduce that. Where do you think yeah. um, some of those hours will go like automations or just hiring more yeah, people? So um, I love automation. Um, I think it's so cool that we live uh, like, you know, we have the kind of technology now, like our parents didn't, couldn't do this. Right. right. Um, I, I try to automate uh, as many things as possible um, in terms of repetitive tasks that are just a time suck. Um, so things like um, maybe like uh, social media, right? Like I would just do, uh, I would batch create all of my content, um, set it to publish. And then, you know, through the week or next two weeks, it, I know it's just, going out by itself so I don't Mm -hmm. need to work on that same for emails like uh, I'll create a whole email flow um you know and uh or things like that with my uh my I want to say shop but it's not shop my my website (laughs) my CMS Mm -hmm. um so I'm just automating things in there as well to, to make sure that everything's really efficient and that I'm not wasting my time on you know little bits and pieces that take a lot of time I feel like one of the hardest things that takes the most time is just deciding like which CMS mm-hmm. are you going to use and which, yeah. you know, uh, automation are you going to use? Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that thought process where you, you were still working another job while you're trying to figure all this out? Was it a slow yeah. build or was it like, did it all just come together? Um, so I was, I did all of that when I was on mat leave. So, uh, you know, I, I could afford to take it easy and like work as slowly as I needed to. Um, but yeah, like I, I looked around a lot before deciding on like the website platform I use is called Subly. It's S-U-B-B-L-Y. It's a specialized platform for subscription-based businesses. So like uh, you can build your website on that, but they've also got inventory management, customer management, all of that. So it's all built in. It's amazing. I love it. And they have amazing customer service as well. Like their customer service is inspirational. Um customer service goals (laughs) (laughs) uh and then let's see how do you handle all the shipping stuff um what do you mean for like uh, in terms of tools that I use right um like I just remember printing labels being very like laborious I think as far as like individually typing them I was using USPS yeah um, we work with a third-party shipping partner, um, and they have uh, relationships with all of the main shipping companies, including the couriers, Pitney Bowes, Canada Post, USPS, UPS, all of those, right? So um, I send my spreadsheet of basically all of the, the shipping information to them. They create the shipping labels, and then I can just print it out here and put them on the boxes. I guess the fact that they're all uniform and that you're not substituting things in and out, like every That's box it. is going to yeah. be the same. Yeah, they're all the help. same size, same weight. Um, yeah. Each, each time around. Um, and, and that's one of the things that was uh, intentional for this business. That's one of the ways that I tried to simplify and make this business work within my lifestyle. I was like, if they're all the same size and shape and they all contain the same thing, I don't waste time, you know, packing individual orders and trying to Mm -hmm. figure out like what goes into each person's order. It's all the same. 
Um, so that's just one of the ways that I save time for myself. And I'm sure that you get requests. Um, yeah. How do you handle that? Um, we don't really get requests uh, unless someone says like, um, I don't know, it's, it's very rare that we get requests. I have a peanut allergy. Like would that sort of like, would allergies be something that people ask about? Yeah, they, well, we don't have a lot of I don't of have people. a peanut allergy. Yeah. I'm just, um, as, as an by, example. By default, we don't include any peanut items in the boxes, just okay. because I know so many people have a peanut allergy. But, mm. um, you know, if someone reaches out to us and says, like, you know, can you make this accommodation for us? If it's possible, we will. Like, we, we do try to accommodate people if we can. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can just pause your membership for that round. Exactly. Pick yeah. up next time. Yeah. Um, but people don't know what they're going to get before they, before it comes as a surprise. No. Right? So, so people who have some kind of allergy or something like that, um, they, they usually just like private message us and ask, um, you know, are there any items in the box that contain like this ingredient? Uh, Got it. And we'll just let okay. them know. And how far in advance are you planning all of this like I know right now shipping containers are backed up in LA and it's like just a big you know shipping crisis right now how is that that, that's been my life for the last couple of months just trying to deal with this like literally every single supplier we've been talking to from all the different countries have been saying the same thing you know shipping delays shipping delays Um, so we have been working a few months in advance but right now I'm trying to get it like more and more uh, like get it at least a few more months in advance. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking food items, you don't want to be too far out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like for example, for Japan, that was pretty tricky because by the time it comes here, cause it's coming on uh, literally on a ship. Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure that um, you're ordering like not too far in advance or else it's going to be almost expired by the time mm-hmm. you get it. I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and talk mm-hmm. about your time um, working for the other company because you were working remotely for them. How long yeah. were you doing that? Um, so that was a kind of special case because um, originally I was stationed directly in their client's office. Uh, so I was working remotely with our in-house team. Um, and then I transitioned back to our office. And then I was working re- like working from home maybe two or three days a week and working in the office two days a week. Um, so I was doing that for a few years. Um, and then when I got pregnant, I was working at full time at home. Then I went on mat leave. Uh, and then when I came back because of the pandemic, I was still working from home full time. And you had a baby or two babies at that point? Two. So uh, right now they're a year and a half and three and a half. So you had a baby right at the beginning of the pandemic? Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> But you, so you were home on maternity leave for that first year. Yeah. And you've just been back to work for the last six months. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I went back to work um, around June of this year. Okay. So I was telling um, Tina that before we started recording that, you know, sometimes in these episodes, we do talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of working from home. (laughs) And I was, we were talking about some of the frustrations and she was working from home without family support, you know, local. Um, and you want to talk about how that went? It sounded like you were kind of in survival (laughs) mode for a while. It was, it was definitely survival mode. Like, um, so I, 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 and I think it's just because it was such an unprecedented thing, right? Like our daycare shut down, everything was shut down. Um, everyone was afraid to leave their houses and things like that. And, um, I was still expected to, to work a full-time job. Like my employer was trying to be understanding and saying like, you know, you can take your time with these projects, but you know, just be aware that these other ones with the clients are still urgent and stuff like that. Um, and at the same time I had my, she was two years old at the time, my daughter. So she'd be sitting at a little table next to me um, while I was working and literally in zoom meetings. And I'd be handing her coloring pages and like, Hey, that's your next activity. Here's a sticker sheet. Um, hey if that worked that's amazing because my two-year-olds wouldn't have stood for that yeah I I don't know how we did it like um, you know in between meetings I'd be setting up like easter egg hunts for her around the living room and then like running back to my computer it was just so (laughs) insane you sound Um, like an amazing mom though thank you (laughs) Um, yeah it was just really crazy Uh, you know I I never want to deal with that again (laughs) Um, well, it sounds like you made it through and yeah. then you left on your own terms. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like uh, I really loved working with that agency. Uh, I worked with a really talented team there. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd been there about eight years. So uh, it was uh, it was a little bit bittersweet when I left. Um, yeah. But it was just exciting to be leaving to work on my own business. So you were remote and on site and then like a hybrid. Yeah, exactly. And then fully remote with babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then um, had you decided to take up this other part-time thing at the same time as you started the su- subscription box? Because you've only been away from your old job for a while, right? For a month. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I ended my job there like uh, on, uh, at the beginning of October. Mm. Um, so basically uh, when I started my uh, just working on my subscription box business full time, um, I realized that I, it's still at that awkward stage where it's not going to support me uh, on its mm-hmm. own. Um, mm-hmm. So I took on a, a part-time job and I love working, uh, you know, in uh, digital marketing and stuff like that with digital teams. So I'm, I'm just, I'm happy to be working with this other company in the UK. They've got a really amazing team um, and, and working on my own thing at the same time. How much flexibility does the other 15 hours or so give or take job give you when you're dealing with the kids? I know you said that the two month, every two month um, schedule for the subscription box was so that you could have more freedom with their kids. Do you feel like you still have that? Like, could you pick up and travel and work remotely with this other company or not? Um, Yeah, like they're pretty flexible uh, in terms of timing. Like for, for the most part, they say like, you know, as long as you get the job done, by the time it needs to be done, mm-hmm. work whenever you like during the day. And that's something I was looking for as well. I was looking for that flexibility. Um, so I definitely had my criteria when I was looking for a part-time role. It sounds like what they would call a unicorn job, you know, for those, yeah. you know, especially, you know, working parents who want flexibility and part-time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, why don't we talk about some of the, the frustrations and struggles that you've handled? um or struggled with I guess um yeah in the past I like to go there just for a little while like in terms of uh remote work yeah okay um so I think well what I noticed is that uh when pandemic lockdown started one thing that was kind of frustrating is that um when other people who are not used to working remotely started working remotely and you just kind of really see the difference between people who are used to it versus people who are not you know so for example before when we worked remotely um we didn't do that many video calls and then suddenly it was non-stop zoom calls and you it's it's zoom fatigue right like mm-hmm. um it, it was pretty tough to be on video all day like for so many hours a day every day um so i i think like um yeah, like there's a big difference between companies that are set specifically set up to be remote um, and they have certain, um, you know, like company culture and uh, ways of working that are remote friendly versus companies that are not and have just been thrown into it and they're trying to do their best. Um, I know so you yeah. said that you are working with a company that's across like seven time zones. So yeah. do you do a lot of asynchronous communication? Um, everyone kind of works on their own time, but usually there's a core period of hours for me, it's in around like noon, um, where everyone's online. So that's when we usually have like a little, uh, like 15 minutes touch base, um, where we all have a quick chat to talk about our updates and so on, but otherwise everyone works on their own time. Um, and we use Slack a lot, which I love. Um, so it's really easy to just send each other a message and get quick updates. Um, we almost don't use email at all which is completely different from my old job where it was a hundred percent email all the time. Yeah. Um, so we use uh, monday.com and Slack very heavily. So <clears throat> pardon me. We'll take that out too. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I think that maybe it's kind of like a, a culture of trust, like people who are used to working remotely mm-hmm. are, accustomed to having autonomy and knowing that, you know, that they're going to get their job done where the people that were in person all the time may feel this need. Like I'm used to having people all around me. I'm used to having people being able to walk up at any moment. I'm used to having people be able to see my computer and know that I'm working. So it's almost like they have to prove to everyone that they're, you know, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And 
um, at the, the agency that I used to work at, because I used to be there at least a few days in person, I was used to, like you said, you know, just walking up to my coworkers, having a quick brainstorm session, you know, um, whenever we needed to. And I, I actually really enjoyed that part of it. And I missed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with the UK company, I've never had that with this team. So I don't miss it. Um, I'm just used to working with them in a totally different way. Um, that makes but sense. That works for us. Mm-hmm. And what about some of the upsides? Like, what are some of the things that you have just loved about working remotely? Um, so I think what I love most about it is the flexibility. Um, also, just the fact that I get to focus so much more um, working in an office. You, I used to get people coming up to my desk with questions all the time. But, you know, working remotely, I can just set my status on Slack to busy. Like, I'm not available right now, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and, and just like actually get some deep work done in where you get to focus and concentrate for like a block of time and power through whatever you're working on. Um, so I really, really love that. And I was telling you earlier that one of the things that came up a lot in my market research was that people struggle with that focus. Sounds like it's something that you figured out. Do you have any tips or tricks for those that struggle in the area? Yeah. So I'd say the biggest thing is to um, like what works for me is to find a project management tool or software that works for you. Um, they're all a little bit different. For me, it's Trello. Um, I've been using it uh, maybe before like 2015. Oh, wow. um, I've been using it for a really long time. Yeah, for everything. Um, and that just really works well for me. For other people, you know, it might be Asana, ClickUp or something like that. But find something that works for you and use it every day. Um, use it for all of your stuff to make sure that you're really organized and you can actually like use it to track your progress. Um, and that in itself is motivating when you get to see, you know, that you've completed this much of a project or you've reached that percentage of your goal or so on. Oh yeah. I guess I forgot that those, some of those have those kinds of tools. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about your husband? Do you want to talk um, about him and his work from home or lack sure. thereof? How, how does that work out for you guys? So um, his, his job is also a bit hybrid. So he has to go into work a few days a week. And then sometimes he's working from home. Um, and again, he's on video calls as well, or he's leading training sessions. Um, but he's got his own room, um, which is like his music studio, gaming room and so on. So he's got oh, wow. his, yeah, he's got his computer set up there. So he can shut his door and then I can shut my door in here. I have to so, ask how many rooms do you guys have? So you've got. It's, it's a two story, like a bungalow. Um, okay. So I, I'm in the basement right now. Um, when we, when we had bought this house, these two rooms were actually just extra bedrooms. Um, okay. So when he took over that room, this used to be uh, the guest room. And then when the pandemic started, we were like, we're not going to have guests for a while. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm taking this room. Mm-hmm. What will yeah. you do when you get guests again? Um, we have like a, I forgot the word for it. Those like fold out couches, a futon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a very comfy mattress. I tested it. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Um, and then you've got your kids upstairs. Um, yeah. So are they the, in, are they in care right now? Yeah. So they go to daycare now. Um, I mean, right now it's, it's night, <laughs> but nighttime. yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they go to daycare during the day. Um, and then, uh, so usually my mornings with them are super busy. And then once they come home, it's, it's a, a little bit chaotic until they go to bed. Mm-hmm. Does your husband have a set schedule of which days he goes into the office? No, it always changes. That would be kind of hard to work around. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't mind it. I actually like when he's at home because we get to have lunch together. Yeah. Um, that's another thing I miss working, uh, from home. You just don't get to you know, hang out with colleagues and have mm-hmm. lunch together and things like that. So when he's home, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can have lunch with my coworker today. We went for a walk today. My kids were yeah. at school and he was working and um, I was reading a book. I'm I'm job hunting right now. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really nice um, to be able to every once in a while go out for lunch or to exactly lunch together or to just go for a walk or whatever. Yeah, like um. Like it's easy to just end up sitting at your desk all day and forget about taking a break and things like that. Um, so what I try to do is apart from lunch, I also try to, you know, make like a, take a little like physical activity break. So um, usually I would go walking around my neighborhood or biking 
um, now that it's freezing outside, we've, we have a treadmill. So mm-hmm. I just work on that for a little bit. Uh, and that just like helps to keep you going, especially like, you know, like, uh, that afternoon slump where you're starting to zone out a little bit. So yeah. that's a good time for that. And this is when our weather gets nice. And so we yeah. actually have a treadmill and we're starting to use it less because we're able yeah. to get outside more. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I usually wrap up with my question. That is, if you have anyone who comes to you and is like, Hey, I wish I could work from home. Like you do, um, you know, do you have any tips or tricks or recommendations or advice for people that are thinking about doing it for the first time or considering doing it mm-hmm. permanently? Yeah. So, um, I would say definitely do your research on, um, the company culture. What I did is that I went to Glassdoor and looked at, um, reviews of the companies from other employees. And that really gives you a good indication of what it's like working there. Um, have a look at their Instagram as well and see if they have any posts about like, you know, company, uh, thing like employee, uh, profiles or things like that. It, um, because company culture, especially when you're working remotely, it's such a big thing um, to help you feel tuned into working with a group of people that you've never met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's some p- companies that do it so well and some that just don't. Um, and, and just being able to, to, to work with a team that is doing it really well will make you feel so much better about it. Um, like it actually does make you feel happier working with that team and working on that type of, uh, business. That's, that's really good advice. What about, um, those who are trying to branch off into entrepreneurship, like you are doing your subscription box. Mm -hmm. I stumble on that word subscription every time. (laughs) Um, like, do you feel like you're always going to have one foot still in, um, the corporate side or a company, or do you find yourself hoping to move over to that 100% at some point? Um, it, like, I'm going to wait and see how it goes. Um, right now it's because I need to have a part-time job, but, um, like as it grows, maybe we'll phase out part-time work. Um, I I can't say right now how it's going. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think with the subscription boxes, they might come and go in popularity. So still having one foot in that world is probably a smart thing, or at least that skill set that you could quickly that, go back that, into it that's exactly it I didn't want to like you know give up my career forever and then end up with, with this like lapse on my CV or you know something like that in case I ever do need to go back to full-time work at yeah, some point for sure so it's kind of like a little safety net for me any final thoughts um well basically if uh, if anyone um, wanted to see a little bit more about our subscription boxes our website is uh, truvibox.com i'm going to spell that for you thank you it's t r o u v a i l l e s b o x.com and if they wanted to reach out to you for any digital marketing is that your main other thing um, so I'm not available to take on any, any clients or anything like that, but if they just had questions about it or questions about like, you know, starting a business or something like that, sure. Mm-hmm. They can absolutely reach out to me. Um, do you have my email address? You, you can include it in the show. Notes I can, if you like. or they can, do you have like a contact information on your. True yeah, Bay exactly. They, they, they can contact me through uh, the contact page on our website as well. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tina. We met through the Remote Working Mama group where I yeah. interviewed, I think, episode 76, uh, Jenny White or Jenny Witt, yeah. <laughs> Jenny, <Yeah>. Witt. <laughs> Jenny Witt um, the other day. So that was um, really good because this rebounded and we got another one. So yeah. So I, I just wanted help- to mention one thing before you go. That yeah. group has been amazing. So um, I would highly recommend joining that group or one like it and it's just an incredible source of support and answers and help from other people who are you know in working in a similar situation as you uh, working from home Um, a lot of people on there who have like years and years of experience and other people who are new Mm -hmm. to it but it just really helps to be able to talk to other people who are uh, working in the same situation really wide variety of Mm -hmm. uh, industries that people represent and you know most of them are working full-time, um, have yeah. kids, young kids, even, um, there's some variety of course. So like some people are juggling mm-hmm. more than one thing and some people are, you know, purely corporate or, you know, managerial and all these different things. It's, it's really a wonderful support network. I'm part of yeah. about two or three. Yeah. Me that too. I really find wonderful. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Tina. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, if you want to find a subscription box that mm-hmm. is um, going to give you a taste of all these different countries and um, <laughs> I guess resume your desire to travel if you <laughs> haven't been, um, that wasn't the right word. And resume. Like spark. <laughs> yes. Okay. If you're looking for, <laughs> I, yes. If you are looking for a subscription box that will spark your interest in travel again, or to meet that need, if you haven't been able, if you've been grounded for a while, yeah. Um, Tina, where are your parents at right now? Um, they have. They live in none of the places I've mentioned. They've retired and they now live in Panama. Really? Yeah. Oh, and have you been there? <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't been there yet. They usually come end up coming here to visit, but it's on my list for sure. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. All right. Well, this has been Tina Sequera with April yeah. Malone and Yes, I Work From Home, and we'll see you next time. Thanks Thank so, you much, so much, April. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.